0: Good morning, Grandview. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for marriage. Thank you for the things that you are going to teach us even today. Would you just empower me by your spirit? May I truly reflect what you have and are teaching me as it is clearly taught in your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name amen. Well, good morning. Marriage is a mystery. Don't you agree? How can a man and a woman, two very different individuals, different mentally, different emotionally, different in their thinking, different, very different in their decision-making processes, different personalities, different frames of reference, different values, they, they look at each other, and they find each other attractive enough to move past lust to a, a lifetime of committed love. I don't understand it, and yet I have experienced it. I have experienced it for 44 years. Wow. Wow. I'll tell you right now, it's worth the effort. It takes hard work. I tell a story in premarital where Barb and I were married six months. We had no premarital counseling. And at one point, whatever we were discussing, she got up in a huff and she said out loud, no one ever told me that marriage was going to be hard work. Folks, she was married to me. I mean, how does that make sense? But the reality is, it was hard work. And the reality is, at times, it's still hard work. But it's worth the effort. We're going to spend the next two Sundays reminding us how marriage is to function. It's a tune-up for us, whether you've been married... For weeks or months or a half a century. But some of you are saying, why should I listen? Why should I take this message in? Because I'm already married. Well, don't you get your tires aligned? Don't you get your motor tuned up? Don't you wash your vehicle? And so the same for marriage, it's time for some maintenance to make it the best it can be. Some of you are saying, I'm single. Well, then learn God's blueprint for marriage and what to look for in a mate. Some of you are saying, I'm a widow or a widower. Would you be reminded through this message of what to share as you are mentoring your grandchildren or other people in your life that are wondering how a good marriage works. Some of you are saying, I'm single and I'm not ever getting married. Well, you don't know that. My wife, Barb, had an aunt who was single seemingly all of her life and at the age 53, for the first time, married then the love of her life. And she then married Bob and they lived happily ever after. So when you think you know God's plan like my Barb's aunt did, don't second guess. Some of you are saying, why should I listen? I'm too young. Can I suggest that you need to learn God's word in how to live wisely in the days to come. And for many of you, you will fall in love. What to look for? Some of you are saying, I'm way too old. How does this message apply to me? Would you then marvel at God's wonderful plan for couples, and as we're going to learn how it reveals God's plan for the church. Well, we're in this series on Ephesians, and the second half of the book is Walking Worthy, and today's message in submission and marriage. We're continuing to finish up this section in the book of Ephesians, which started in chapter 4, verse 1. Walk worthy of our calling in Christ. And now we're in verses, chapters four to six, which is the practical section of this book. And verses one and two of chapter four set the tone for the rest of the book as we've been studying now for a number of weeks, which says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. What Paul is saying to us is we have a choice on whether or not we're going to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ in our life. And we continue in this section today on marriage. These qualities that I just mentioned in verses one and two of chapter four should mark all of our interpersonal relationships. Last week, Paul challenged us to live carefully by making wise decisions. It culminated in choosing to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And when I am controlled by the Spirit of God, the results of that are joyful worship, continuous thanksgiving, and thirdly, mutual submission. And Paul is not going to take that last statement, mutual submission, and apply it to three specific areas in our lives. The first one being Christian marriage. So let me read the passage for you. Ephesians 5, verses 22 through 33. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that you might present the church to himself in splendor, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this mystery is profound and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church however let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see to it that she respects her husband this morning we're going to look at verses 22 through 24, and we will next week then look at verses 25 through the end of the chapter. But I want us to set in place some opening truths that are particular to this passage that will talk about both the relationship of a husband to a wife. And there's, I have seven truths. Number one, we are commanded to be filled or controlled with the Holy Spirit. And when I am controlled by the Holy Spirit, it results in mutual submission in all of our relationships. So therefore, if I am struggling with submission, I have to question and wonder if I am truly being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Number two, mutual submission takes different forms. And depending on the relationship I am in, it will look different for different people within the relationship. Number three, Jesus Christ is Lord, amen? Jesus Christ is Lord, therefore, he is Lord over both men and women in a marriage relationship if he is Lord, and he is, then both are submissive to Jesus Christ. Number four, men and women have equal value. Hear that. Men and women have equal value. The same equality. But as we're going to look in this passage today, they have differing roles and responsibilities within that relationship. Number five. God has established a hierarchical order within creation. And if you want to jot down in your notes, First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three. There is there's a, in a sense, uh a pecking order, a ranking order. And the passage in 1 Corinthians 11 says that Christ was submissive to the Father. Now, they're equal, they're both God. But how authority runs out of the Godhead, Christ is submissive to the Father. Number six, take these verses in context. Too often they are ripped out of context. context, And when that happens, whether it is for women and wives or for men and husbands, it ends up fostering resentment and rebellion when you take them alone as an individual verse. And when you do that, they seem unfair in arbitrary. Number seven. The real head of marriage is always Christ. The real head of marriage is always Christ. And each of us in the marriage relationship, both the husband and the wife, are to practice mutual submission. Don't lose sight of that. Now, because of the the amount of content, I have split this message in two, and I, I am struggling with that because I don't want wives to hear this today and then have to wait a week for the husbands to hear what they need to hear. But can I tell you right now, as I've looked at the whole passage and as you read it with me, he talks to the wives for three verses. He then spends the rest of the chapter laying out the responsibilities of a husband. And so we're going to start with the wives today. And and Paul's going to bring this idea of mutual submission into the most intimate kind of relationship. And Know this now. Paul's going to put a greater burden on the husband, not the wife. And so, wives, as you're listening to this, breathe a little easier. I'm going to tell you what the text has to say, but understand when we come to next week, it's going to be just as somber, if not more so, for the husbands. In verses 22 to 24 and part of verse 33, Paul's going to talk about the duty of wives. First in verse 22 is the command. Let me read it again. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. I know that some of you hear that word submit and you just choke on it. It has been misused in your life. You have been bludgeoned by that word. But can I tell you, note in this one verse, what it does not say? The text does not say, wives, obey your husbands. It doesn't say that. It says, submit. It's a different word. There seems to be the idea of submitting versus obeying. Submitting has an idea of some give and some take in this process. There's room for discussion between the husband and wife. Paul, by asking them to submit, is asking them to give up their self centeredness. Now, hear this clearly men are self centered too, it's not just the wives. So submission, the text says, is to your own husband. It is not to all men. And he says at the end of that verse, as to the Lord. As I submit to my husband, as a wife, it is an, it's an expression of my submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. But also when it says, as to the Lord, understand, This is not an absolute. The husband's authority has limitations. You are not asked to submit to anything outside of God's will. The wife submits within boundaries. The wife is asked submission to authority. Submission to authority, to fill in the blank there in your outline. In verse 23, he gives an example. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. See, Christ and the church is a model for marriage. And the reason for submission is headship. God has placed wives in a position of authority under their husbands. Jot down in your notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 12, which you can read on your own and see that that ranking order. The church in this verse also says the church is placed under the authority of Jesus Christ. That's called divine placement. And you wonder what that means. Well, I'll tell you right now, if he is placing you under your husband's authority, the husband then is responsible for leading his family to accomplish God's plan in the context of love because headship and authority carry responsibility with them. The husband becomes the servant leader in the family. And he does that for the benefit of his wife. What are the expectations in verse 24? Verse 24 says, Now as the church submits to Christ, see, we're asked to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. So also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Submission is not a bad word. Submission provides evidence that we have spirit-controlled relationships. Can a wife express disagreement to her husband in a submissive role? Yes. But she needs to do it with respect. And submission is not something that the husband can demand from her. That's not how it works. And when he says submit in everything, that it means all spheres of life are included in that statement. Submission does not mean I'm inferior. Submission does not mean I'm losing my identity. Submission does not mean that I'm becoming a non-person. Submission does not mean blind obedience to someone else. Submission does not mean passivity. Submission means to give myself up for someone else. What are the responsibilities of submission? Dr. Constable gave me some insight into this. Number one, It begins with an attitude of entrusting myself to God. James 4, verse 7a says, Submit yourself to God. That's all of our roles. Not just the wives. The husbands. The single person. The child. The employer. The employee. We are all to submit ourselves to God. Number two... Submission requires a respectful behavior. If you study 1 Peter 3 verses 1 and 2, what Peter says, and we have learned by experience, nagging doesn't work, amen? Nagging doesn't work, either to husbands or to wives. It just embitters us. It makes us more stubborn in our stance. Number three, submission means developing a godly character. As I submit myself to God, as I am empowered by his Holy Spirit, which builds in me mutual submission, my character becomes more godly. And fourthly, Submission involves doing what is right with a right attitude. Learn how to live according to Scripture, but learn how to live in such a way that my attitude reflects a godly heart in the days to come. In the very last verse of this chapter, There is a summary statement, and he summarizes for both men and women. And it says in verse 33, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. We'll get to that next week. And let the wife see to it that she respects her husband. Paul changed the word from submit to respect. Can I tell you as a husband... Men need respect. Men need respect. And a couple of truths that I want you to understand. If you make him earn your respect, don't be surprised if someday you will have to earn his love. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say, earn each other's love, but it also doesn't say earn each other's respect. Here's the problem. We live in a culture that disrespects men. It is rampant. How do I know this? Can you think of a TV show that has strong males that are not made fun of by the females on the show, or they don't look bumbling or inept. And most of you are running through television shows and you can't come up with a one. There are very few on television. Men are being disrespected all over the place. And so can I help you increase your respect for your husband in a way that will register with him? You do. Thank you. Learn Learn how to give him a genuine thank you. Thank you. Thank you for providing by your hard work and your long hours. Thank you for caring for me and the family. Thank you for desiring me. Thank you for leading and serving our family. Thank you for wanting to fix things in our home. And and sometimes I even have to say thank you for sometimes wanting to fix things in my life. As you come up with genuine thank yous, your husband will feel greater respect from you. What does this mean for us individually or corporately? See, today you've only heard one side of the equation. Please make sure you listen to next week's message to get the whole picture. A balanced message for husbands and wives as well. But for today, wives, are you respecting your husband and the Lord by your attitude and your actions? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to control you and to produce in you mutual submission. Please examine your life. Does your attitude, does your words, does your actions disrespect people around you? Marriage, I believe, is the most challenging of all relationships. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you to bless your mate. The question this morning becomes, what is he trying to change in you? What does he want to change in you so that you are living in mutual submission to your mate? I have an assignment for you for next Sunday, both for husbands and wives, for anyone who is hearing this message. Would you please take some time to write out your definition of what biblical love is? Now, that sounds simple, and you cannot quote 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7, Those are descriptors of love. And so when you say to your mate, I love you, what does that mean? And take some time and actually put some thoughts on paper on what biblical love is. And we're going to find that in the text next week as, as husbands are commanded to love their wives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these words to the wives. And may they not feel beat down or underfoot, a doormat. May they see that your son, Jesus Christ, submits to you and you're equal. You're both God. Father, may they see that you wish to provide for these wives benefits and blessings as they place themselves under the authority of their husbands. Help us learn in the days to come what biblical love is. Thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.